1: Hey, I'm Brian Hyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. I'm in the studio with Coach K and P, the co-founders of the label Quality Control. And what these two guys have done in the past few years is pretty amazing. Basically, from scratch, they've started one of the most important labels in all of music. They started with Migos. They went on to bring the world Lil Yachty, Lil Baby, City Girls, and a whole lot more. And there's an amazing story behind how it all happened. They also have a new compilation album coming out right now, Quality Control, Control the Streets, Volume 2, which has a bunch of their established artists as well as some new artists. And we're going to talk about all of that and tell their whole story. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being here.
0: Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having
1: us. So there's a lot to talk about. And I know you told your story a bunch of times. I hate to make you tell it again, but it's a good story. So we're going to do it. <laughs> Coach, one thing I saw you say that was really interesting is that you were a college basketball player. Is that yeah. What it, yeah. And you said that sports plays a big role in the way that you treat your business. When you recruit an artist it's similar to the way that you might have been recruited to play or your friends might have been recruited and you learn from that and that you're using this kind of paradigm every day.
2: Most definitely. Before music pretty much, I feel like music saved my life. Sports was everything. You know, I played ball all my life. College. But yeah, it's kind of similar. Like, walking in here, me and P, we were just sharing some artists that we were just looking at. I used to watch, like, when the recruiters used to come recruit me and my friends, it was kind of like of a code that they had to stand by the way they did it. You know, it's like you wouldn't do it, in, you know, all in front of everybody's face. You kind of like right. secretly <laughs> you find it then you kind of secretly kind of go after it. You know, in this business and in, in, in any business, once it seemed like something is wanted, then everybody's coming.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm going to get to P in a second because the moment you intersected is the moment that quality control started. But, but, Coach, you were an artist manager starting with young Jeezy. Yeah. Do you mind talking about just briefly about how you encountered Jeezy and how that all got started? I mean,
2: mm. I mean, before I met Jeezy, I worked with an artist named Pastor Troy. And we had our time. Actually, the whole story a friend of mine that I grew up with played ball. He got. Drafted by the Hawks, and he started a label called Hindu Entertainment. And uh, I came over to A&R, and, and we ended up doing business with Pastor Troy. From that, I started working with Troy. Then when Alan decided that, well, his business manager basically came in and said, Listen, man, this business is not making any money. Huh. You know, you should shut it down. But at that point, I was really, really serious about music. You know, he had a basketball career. He was a multimillionaire. He had a big contract, so he went on with his business. But for me, music was really something I really wanted to do, so... Started working with Troy. Then from there, I used to manage producers. Right. Basically hustling. I run around to all the damn studios in, in the city of Atlanta with my producers selling their beats. And I got a call one day from a friend of mine who at the time was managing Dallas Austin Studio, which was Darp Studios. He was like, man, you need to come up here. You know, some young guys have been sitting up in this studio for like a couple months in the A room just spending money you know you bring some of your producers over here you probably can come here and make some money you know and that's that's how I thought about it and when I got there I met Jeezy and at the time he wasn't even rapping he was actually he was a young entrepreneur basically he had his artist convinced him to rap and here we have young Jeezy you know
1: I mean this is something this is a pattern the two of you I mean with Lil Baby he wasn't a rapper you guys (laughs) you guys recognize something in him and you're like you should be a rapper and you could not have been more correct for sure when someone isn't you even an artist, they're not even a rapper, but you recognize something in them that they could be not only a rapper, but like a huge hit star artist. What is that quality?
0: I think it's just a God-given gift just to be able to see something in somebody that they don't see in themselves. You know what I'm saying? Or be able to see, you know, potential in them that they don't even know that they have. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what to call it. I just feel like it's just a God-given gift because it's been working. it's been been working and I didn't grow up wanting to be in the music business. this wasn't like my passion or whatever growing up it's just something that God sort of put upon me you know what I'm saying yeah in our lives or whatever so I just feel like it's just a God given talent
1: and what about Jeezy particularly what did you sense in him
2: the authenticity you know what I'm saying I saw it same as Baby. Baby wasn't rapping. There was something in him. I was like, oh, shit. This boy is authentic. He got the style. You know, he has everything that a lot of rappers rap about, but he's really in it and doing it. You know right. what I mean?
1: It's the life experience, too, a, as much exactly. as else. Yeah.
2: You know what I'm saying? And his voice, like, his, to me, his voice tone, like, it always starts with a voice. Like, when I met Jeezy, first time I heard his voice... He played a record for me, and I was like, "Who was that on the record?" He's like, "That's me," but I really don't rap. I'm like, "Damn, your voice is dope." Hmm. So just kicking it, I'm fast forward kicking yeah, it with yeah. Baby when we first started kicking. When I met him, we was younger because me and him were always just kicking on some. Damn, I see what you got on you. Fresh today, da da da. da. But his voice texture, you know what I'm saying? His voice tone was dope to me yeah when they was just like man I think you should rap man cause a lot of these rappers telling your story
1: right you right. know what I mean like right.
2: really telling your story
1: I think kind of like emblematic of what you do that differentiates you from a major label signing someone off of SoundCloud numbers like, it's the exact opposite.
2: Coming into the game, when me and Pete first got together, we structured our whole company on developing talent. Grabbing artists. You know, the Migos, okay, when we signed the Migos on YouTube, because SoundCloud hadn't really hit yet, but on YouTube and on the mixtape circuit, they were making some noise, you know? We, we was e- even able to come in and enhance that. But every other artist that we signed to after that was brand-new artists, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, wasn't no bidding war on you right. know, it was like really finding it, digging it, finding that diamond, and shining that diamond up. You know what I mean?
1: There's a little bit of uh, the old Motown Records approach in that Facts. too as well. Yeah, Most for definitely.
2: sure. Most definitely. Not even knowing that we were doing that, you know? Right. right. The way they ran their company and the way we run our company is so similar. It's amazing. Me and Pete just had the opportunity to see the documentary Hitsville. It just it comes out. They just premiered it like last week. Hmm. But it comes out this fall, and just watching that documentary, it's kind of scary.
1: About Motown, about Barry Gordy. Yeah, yeah, about Barry. Oh, he's the greatest
2: yeah. of all time, but yeah. it's just like, it's scary how our company and their company. Similarity, yeah. Yeah.
1: You parted ways with Young Jeezy and then you managed uh, Gucci men. Yes. And Pete, you and Gucci are close. You, you said like brothers. Yes, yeah, that's
0: like my best friend.
1: Yeah, and that was, and again, I'm sure we're skipping ahead of a bunch of years, but essentially that's how you, the two of you connected was through Gucci? Yeah.
0: yeah. Yep.
1: And then from what I understand the motivator to start this label, to start all this, was the kind of the discovery of the Migos. Yeah, it
2: was. Yeah, of course I heard about them, but it's like the first real meeting, what they called the (laughs) Bando, at the time, was Quavo's mother's house. But in the basement, it was a computer sitting on a chair.
1: Yeah.
2: In the basement. They had a blanket. (laughs) The booth was in a closet with the blanket in front of it. And I remember walking in that basement and hearing some of the most incredible music I heard ever. And I was so excited when I left out of there. I mean, going in there, I couldn't really show how excited I was. Again, it's a recruiting thing. Like right. when you recruit something, it's like you can't really show how excited. You make them feel, but you can't show the excitement. But I remember leaving up out of there, and they gave me a CD, and I called P. I was like, "Dog, I'm telling you, man, this shit is crazy. I'm gonna bring you this CD. Just listen to the music."
1: And I think you were worried that it might take P a while to actually listen to it. He,
2: yeah, he takes his time, but it was like a day, like two days later. He called me like, man, this shit is crazy. Yep, <laughs> that it here. It takes his time. We both take our time on different things. Like certain things, he's fast on it, you know, and sometimes I'm fast on it. I guess that's why we make great partners.
1: And at what point did it go from these guys are great to the two of us need to start a label, we're going to have a plan, it's going to go. Like how did that actually come together?
2: Shit. <laughs> as soon as he listened to that tape, yeah, it's wild cause I was supposed to have another meeting with him I called him was like I'm gonna have another meeting with him and he was like shit man Twin already set the meeting up you just need to meet Twin's one of the other partners like you just need to meet us down at the studio they on their way to the studio now you, you moving too slow and I was like damn
0: actually the guy over there I had a partner Twin Twin called me like coach move slow You need to go on it Go on and press on it So that's what I did
1: I mean like you said P You you had other investments I already had a a little independent later With
0: with my partner called Dirty Dollar Okay, You know we had been grinding for like two years And we just wasn't getting nowhere Sort of like the same story Coach had with the best of all And it had got to the point to where I ain't need no financial advisor Come and tell me it ain't making no money I knew that. He <laughs> <I, laughs>
1: just had to look in the wild. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I just knew we was spending a lot of money and wasn't no money coming back in. Yeah. And I just went to my partner and was like, bro, th- you know, this ain't working. We need to do something else. But of course, he was an artist as well as my partner. And it's hard to tell, like, an artist, like, you know, we need to put the brakes on because this is his dream. You feel what I'm saying? I'm coming in from a business standpoint right, and right. this is a dream for him. You can't tell no. Nobody who believe in they dream that, you know, you need to... <laughs> That's get a tough
1: conversation. conversation. Yeah, yeah,
0: you know, from a business point of it, I was just like, we got to just slow down and do something else. He wasn't willing to do that, so I was just like, yo, this is what we going to do. Because I had built a studio in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And my business partner from South Carolina, he had a studio in South Carolina. So I was like, since we not seeing eye to eye, but, you know, we partners. I'm going to part ways on the business and start my own thing. You do your own thing you go follow your vision, I'm gonna follow mine, and um, we'll just meet back up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we still family at the end of the day, and then that's when I went to coach, and I was like, coach, I got this studio, wow. but I don't got no artists. and can you help me? Because I had been watching what he was doing with Gucci and Whatever, and that's how I sort of went from there.
1: Amigos, you know, have so much going on. Three unique personalities. They always had a look. At the time, they had a bunch of different flows. There was one flow in particular, of course, that kind of caught fire. How close were they to the kind of final form of Amigos when you encountered them? You know what I mean? Like, how far along their development were they when they came your way?
0: But the way the whole wire end tape was already recorded, except right. three songs. Except right. like, like three songs.
1: Their whole rise, people who think that there aren't these complicated stories anymore, people think that artists get one shot and then it's over now, but their story is like, again, like an old school story. There's ups and downs and moments when it didn't think it was going to happen. Let's talk about the song Versace for a second. I mean. That song,
2: people
1: Versace. didn't know what to think of it at first. The sheer repetition, the sheer energy. And it, it became unstoppable. Drake jumped on it.
2: Niggas be wanting a verse for a verse, man. That's not a swap to me.
1: How did the Drake thing? Sweeten-
0: Drake seen them at the birthday Perfect. bash.
2: Yeah, at the birthday bash. I wasn't there. Yeah, Drake ran into We was at the birthday bash, which is, uh, you know, New York has a summer jam. So, Hot 1079 in Atlanta. birthday bash is like the big concert of the summer, right. you know, where everybody comes. And I think Two Chains was bringing them out that day, if I'm not mistaken and brung him out. But uh, we had just put out Wire In, which was the first mixtape that was put out when we signed the guys, right? And the tape had only been out four days. That's when music used to drop on Tuesday. We had dropped it on that Tuesday, Birthday Bash was that Saturday. And Drake walked right up to me and was like, hey, he was like, coach, this your group? He said, yeah, he said, man, I've been listening for the last four days. And he quoted a lyric off of one of the songs. It wasn't one of the songs that was out, you know? It was like another song he quoted. It was like, we changed numbers, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, a week later, he reached out and was like, Man, I want to jump on one of them records. And there that was, it was, so I actually sent him two records. Yeah. You know, at the time, we sent two records. And we weren't even thinking about him jumping on Versace, for real, for real. But we sent him Versace and another record, like, this is the record we want you on. And he sent the verse back on Versace.
1: Coach, I think you made the point that when Drake jumped on and adopted that triplet flow, that was a big moment for. That sound, yeah. It
2: was such a big moment. I mean, at that moment, that's when I think that rap pattern, that cadence changed hip-hop. Because Drake, being a big artist that he was, shit, he's the biggest, right? With him coming in and adopting that flow, right, I watched the whole rap culture take that cadence. To a point, I'm not even going to lie, like, me and P, we was getting a little angry because it was like, a lot of you know artists that was on bigger levels was getting all the praise you know what i'm saying it's like but this these boys shit you know what i'm saying absolutely so yeah. shit we had to swim through that shit you know what i'm saying seriously
1: yeah 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 and bad and bougie bad. Cooking up with the My niggas is savage, we got and too. I would say one of the biggest songs of the century, no doubt. For sure. And you had a situation where it was kind of like, I think it intersected with the end of the 300 deal. Oh, yeah. And I think you actually just leaked the song. Right? We leaked the song.
2: We leaked the song three days after we came to an agreement with 300. It wasn't about us leaving. We came to an agreement, 300 and QC, once we did part of ways. You know, we just came to an agreement, right? And... Three days after we came to an agreement, because we w- we had the record, we leaked the record. Well, when Offset sent me the record, I knew the record was a smash.
1: Yeah, for everyone I know, every time, first, second you heard Oh No, you know, no, right? no, from yeah, yeah.
2: day one. Yeah. P and P, then Quavo, then he jumped on it, and
1: psh,
2: we put the record out. That and it took, make, that, yeah, it took but, a minute. But, but it yeah. took a minute, I mean, yeah. we put it out Memorial Day weekend. The boys start going out on the road, probably like a month later, they were like, man, you know, everybody's saying this song word for word. The song had only been out about a month. They performed it a couple times. Like, man, they singing it word for word. And this is the time of SoundCloud. It's the first time that we ever put a record out on SoundCloud, though.
1: Wow. wow. But
2: before that, we would put records out on mixtapes. Right. And this was the first time we put a record out on SoundCloud. Right.
1: New era, yeah.
2: It was a new era, you know what I'm saying? Like, And it just phew, fired
1: off. Are you surprised by anything that's happened with Migos since because I mean they became pretty culture dominated for us nah
2: man I feel like it's way more to come because they have so much style and individually you know like they put out their solo projects so you got to see the individuality of how creative each one of them are that I think it's an endless whenever they get tired you know but I think it's so much more to come
1: one of my colleagues was talking about the solo projects. Were they intended to each be smash albums, or was the idea just like, "Hey, let's showcase each of them, and then we'll go back to the mothership"? Like, how did you see that in the frame of their career?
2: I mean, yeah. So they can all just show their individuality because you see a group sometimes, and you know, you see them together all the time, so you never really get to understand who are they. You know what I mean? So with their solo projects, they was able to create whatever they want to create, how they want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Where you don't have to sit there and say, you know, with a group you have to bend and this and that. Okay. You got to think about the group member, you know, know, so give them their time to express. And I think it was very successful
1: a lot of times when people talk about lil yachty a few topics always come up generation gap people hating on him from older generations the controversy attaches them and then the fact that none of that matters as he says you know he's basically for the kids but what impresses me again is that is that you were able to recognize his talent because for a long time it didn't seem like anyone over the age of 22 was able to understand what he was doing so
2: one of the young kids like he's like really like one of my street and he play me his record and I was like what the hell is this not in a bad way though you know what I'm saying because I was like his voice is crazy I was like what the hell you know the melodic But then I asked him what he looked like as soon as he showed me what he looked like I was like listen man go find him Yeah, I want to sign him you know what I mean and it took a couple weeks but like P said earlier we always say God is on our side his father and it happened just DM me on Facebook I never check Facebook I set a Facebook up i had a facebook up but i said a facebook uh what do you call that shit where people can like dm you, you messenger or whatever messenger. You. Yeah, i said yeah, a facebook yeah. messenger f- yeah. for my 40th birthday so all my friends from high school and college can find me you know and um he happened to dm me and i just happened to check it and he was like man i've been looking for you he's like my son he's like miles is blowing up and i'm like shit what high school do we play for because we do sports management yeah. so i'm like shit what high school we play for i want to come see him play he was like, no, nah. was like, have you ever heard of a kid named Lil Yachty? I was like, yeah, I've been looking for him for like two weeks. He was like, that's Miles' Lil Yachty, and then boom. I mean, his dad been friends for 20 years.
1: That's crazy. And he's a photographer. <laughs> yeah, he's a big-time yeah. photographer.
2: Yeah. You know, he's like Atlanta's Gordon Park, because he documented Outkast and Troy and Little John. He documented the whole hip-hop scene as it came up. And then it went further than that. Me and his mom went to college once I met his mother. It was so, it was, you know. Shit was supposed to happen.
1: Yeah. Pete, did you have any barrier to understanding Yadi? Because, again, I know many people who are not kids at first were like, what is this guy? What's his deal? It's even some people in rap were like, you know, he's a suburban kid. Like, what is this? Did you get it right away or did it take you a minute?
0: No. Um, when Coach first showed Yadi to me, I, we was in the studio. He brought me in the little small room in the studio and was like, um, I want you to check this kid out. He's playing a few songs. And at first, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't get it. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah. And then when he showed me what he looked like with the um red hair and stuff, I ain't really get it because it just didn't fit what we was over here doing, like with the other artists. It was just different than anything that we was doing at the time. And um I ain't get it at first, but then he played this other record. Minnesota.
1: Carly Minnesota. He
0: kind of like played the yeah. Minnesota. and I was just like that little beat with the piano it just caught me off and then the way he was rapping on it the way he had his voice tone was on it I told Coach I was like yo that song right there hard it's gonna go it's gonna go crazy so I didn't get it at first but when I heard that song I knew that song was gonna be something so I was just like you know whatever you with Coach on with it and then we went from there
1: I thought it was interesting I think you guys were saying like hits or not for Yachty it doesn't matter because it's a different model he might transition into acting he might transition to. it's just like he's not dependent in the same way that another artist might be on hit records I thought that was a pretty interesting way of looking at it
2: I mean hits are hits though yeah you know but like his generation those kids are not driven by radio
1: yeah at all right
2: you know what I'm saying I mean most of them they probably can't even tell you what a radio station if you ask them well, what radio station I'll probably look at you crazy you right. know what I mean so right. Knowing that and then, you know, having a conversation with him on what you want to do, he's like, I want to be the next Will Smith. You know, I am like, "Wow, oh, shit. Well, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, because we want to have the next Will Smith. So that was really our whole focus, man, to make sure he became one of the best entertainers ever.
1: In general, you're making moves around Hollywood and stuff. For like, sure. Like, no, yeah. no, no, no.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like I said. It was one of, like he said, he wanted to be Will Smith. So film and television, you know, he's very, very like... That's one of his biggest things he's into right now.
1: I think there was talk about it, like he should have a sitcom, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, most of that. Well, we actually, um, he has a show that's going to be coming on Quibi.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Quibi is the one that has the little short. Yeah, clips, the right? mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good fit. That's a smart yeah. fit. Yeah. Because
2: mm-hmm. I mean, that's where the kids are. These kids, man. The attention spans, <laughs> you know, crazy. I think Quibi was one of the greatest ideas. You know, a platform that gives you um, bites at seven to ten minutes.
1: Absolutely. We talked a little bit about Lil Baby and how, again, that you encouraged him to become a rapper. But where did you meet him? How did he come into your orbit? How did you get the idea? All that stuff.
0: he been around me since he was a teenager.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah.
0: Like one of my other best friends, he sort of like raised Lil Baby, like came up up under him. And Baby's just always been in our circle. So it was just, I've been knowing Baby before. QC before I built the studio or whatever, just oh, wow. a young kid in the streets in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? And me just coming from the streets in Atlanta, just so he was like family.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did you always have it in the back of your head, or because that makes it even more interesting to me? Like, if you knew him that long, when did you come to realize, like, oh shit, this guy could rap. This could be a thing.
0: No, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I gotta give Coach all that credit because. Baby just used to come to the studio and just hang out. He used to like to gamble. He used to, like when the amigos and Rich the Kid and all those, are used to come off the mm-hmm. road with back in money. He used to be there like ready to gamble because he used to like shoot dice and stuff. So he used to be over there like on some gambling stuff and just hanging out and just, you know, part of the, the crew, you know. And um, one day Coach had said to me like, I'm telling you, man, little baby, he got it, man. He ought to rap. He ought to rap. Wow. I ain't see it because... At the time, Baby was just in the street. He never gave me like any type of indication that he wanted to even do any music. He was hustling in the streets getting his little money. He just never gave me an indication that's what he wanted to do. But Coach seen something different. I was like, yeah, you think so? He's like, yeah, I'm telling you, he got it. He got that Atlanta swag and he doing everything that, all these rappers out here talking about he like the real definition of like Atlanta you know what I'm saying or what one of these Atlanta he just
2: was pure Atlanta man like you look at Lil Baby his way he talked his swag but he was fresh you know what I'm saying and I loved about him like he was in the streets hustling but he wasn't flamboyant you know just like super smart right clever right right
0: yes Coach had said it a few times and you know, we was just building and doing what we was doing, but it wasn't until when Baby had went to prison. I think he went to prison for like two years. Wow. And then, you know, we used to talk every night and then when he'll call, everybody be at the studio, we'll jump on the phone, call and be like, Yo, hey, when you get out, man, just come to the studio and let's you know what I'm saying, let's find something for you to do. And then when he got out, coach was encouraging him and then, you know, he used to come to the studio every day and he was around Thug and um going over there to their studios and just seeing what everybody was doing. He was hanging out in the studio so then one day we just talked and he went in there and started rapping
1: was there steps when he got on the mic did it take like <laughs> a couple nah, months or you know no. Nah, I mean nah, Already, I'm, I'm, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you it, yeah. it happened so fast because he just was coming to the studio and he was recording so I didn't even know he was in the recording right? you know what I'm saying and so then one day coach came to me and was like yo you heard a baby song <laughs> you heard that song like, baby, what? I was like I was like nah then me and him, I went in the studio with him one day, and then he played me some records. And when I heard the records, I was just like, I see the potential in it. And you gotta think about, I've been knowing this kid forever, and I knew he wasn't rapping, he wasn't no rapper. And for him to just go in there and make those songs like that, right? I was like, How many songs you got? He's like, I think I got like seven or eight. <laughs> I like, I right, make a few more, then come back. And when he came back, it's crazy because. Baby was like really, really in the streets, hustling and making his own money and stuff. And he come from like the circle of people who are like my close friends or whatever. So when he came back and um played me some more records like a couple of weeks later, I literally told him like, yo, we're going to freeze on whatever you're doing in the street. Let's focus on this. I got a vision. You my partner. I want to see you make it more than, you know, more than anybody. I want to see you, you know, not no favoritism in the group, just I want to see you Make it, bro, because I know you out here and I know that you got potential. But if you take this serious, because it took a lot for me to really take the music business serious. You know what I'm saying? But thank God I had like Coach K and, you know what I'm saying, like Twin and other people that was encouraging me saying, man, this business is real. And if you apply yourself to it, it's a lot of money. in it." so I was telling him like, yo, it's a lot of money in this. And if we do it right, we can do it. And I had to actually like reach out to my partner and I was like, yo, bro, let little baby go. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like, literally, I had to, like, make a phone call. Like, bro, let them go. I know y'all getting money, doing what y'all doing or whatever, but just let me have them. And this is going to be the plan. If I can get baby to just listen to me and just follow whatever guideline we put out there for we're going to make this work. And baby and my partner, and them, we all a team. So I was like, I promise you, bro, if we make this work, it's going to benefit everybody you know what I'm saying right like this gonna be y'all way to get out the street you know what I'm saying this gonna be y'all way to make some legit money take care of y'all family you know what I'm saying and man it was crazy because his first 10 songs that he had I said how many songs you got he said 10 he said I got like 10 all right give me the 10 songs I got the songs got them mixed and mastered. I told him to go take a picture I was like man just go take a picture in front of the project so go to your neighborhood just take a picture it was literally just like that and he came back, he had a picture, and it was the project um perfect timer. Yeah. That first mistake. And um the first ten songs, I just listened to them. I put them in a, you know, I done went from CEO to A and R mode now. <laughs> I didn't even know I had it in me. I just put the songs in order. We shot like three or four videos off of it, and we just put it out. We me and him got out in the streets and we was out here like literally, literally grinding, and Coach was just sitting back like, go do your thing, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? He he was focusing on other things, and we got out here and we was just bringing the awareness, and it's crazy because he came back like two months later, and he had like 15 more songs that I didn't even know he was recording, and we was just in the studio, and he just played the records, and um, we were going to all the little clubs in Atlanta, just promoting that first project, but then he came back like two months later, and play some more songs, and I was like, "You recorded all these? Did somebody write these for you?" He was like, "No, no, no, <laughs> I, I, di- I did." I was like, "Man, these songs is hard." Yeah. But I was like, "These songs is hard." And then we came up. I told him to go take a picture. I said, "Go take a picture with your shirt off." Nah, like, like, like literally. Yeah. Because I had this idea. I was like, bro, go take a picture with your shirt off, and um, get me the picture. Because I had this idea in my head. Coaches always say he the real definition of a loud street cat. Yeah. So he came back. He sent me the picture. It was a picture with his shirt off. I, literally, I still got the text messages from the artwork designer, EMB. I literally went on Google, and I just i had this idea in my head. I just Googled Atlanta, and I looked on the pictures. The Braves Stadium, the where the Hawks play at, the Coca-Cola sign. You know, the skyscrapers in Atlanta, the West End, Oakland City, all the places that I knew Lil Baby was from. You know what I'm saying? I got the West End sign. I got the Oakland City sign. Departments in Oakland City. Some of the historical sites. I know Lil Baby come from the streets. So I put some pictures of drugs on there, police cars, just everything that defined a street cat coming from Atlanta. And I just sent all those pictures to the artwork designer. And I said, hey, put all these pictures in his body with his shirt off. And, man, he sent that cover back. And when I seen that cover, I swear I called little Baby, I sent Lil Baby the cover and he was like, he like, man, this is crazy. In my mind, I said, when people just see this cover, I was telling Baby, I said, bro, these songs you just gave me, they so hard, but when people see this cover, it's gonna make them be like, what is this? Because the cover was just so creative, it'll make you be like, let me go see what this kid talking about. And we put that tape out, man, and he had my dog on there and it just, yeah. you know, Boom. we just went off. Oh,
2: oh. That's my dog show. So. Oh
1: on the new album there's a, a collaboration with the baby it's just called baby now the baby is not one of your artists how did you get him along this the baby we got a relationship with him he cool he from the south he's from carolina um, I had
0: actually sat down with them. I had met the Baby before in L.A., and we had sat down and talked. And um, that Baby, he been had that Baby record. You know, Baby just record all the time. And one day he had played the record. And the style of it, it was just so different than how he'd normally be yeah. rap, because he was sort of like, you know, Baby? Yeah. It was like a melody, you right. know what I'm saying, that he had on it. And um, that record been around. So I had called him one day, and I was like, bro, we're going to put the compilation together. I need you to send me like three or four songs. So that was one of the records that he had sent. But then, like the last period of us putting the project all the way together, he called me. He was like, bro, I want to put the baby on this record. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, you want me to reach out to him? He was like, no, nah, I already sent it to him. Wow. And it just so happened that Quavo called me and said, bro, I'm on the way to the studio to meet the baby. We was in LA. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like, um, baby said he just sent him a song. So I pulled up and I hollered at the baby. And I was just like, did you get that record from the baby? He like, yeah, I'm about to knock it out right now. I was like, all right, cool. So. When I went to sleep that night, I woke up, the baby and little baby had sent the record to me. Yeah. And I sent it to Coach. And I was like, yo, this song about to be crazy. I sent it to Coach. We got a mix and master that day. That day we had got the files, got it mixed and Master, and we, we put the record out. A and day later, yeah, like a day later. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So
1: now it's, at the moment it's like the number one trending video in the world or whatever. So it's yeah. it's, it's working out.
0: Yeah, shout there out to the
1: baby. City <laughs> <laughs> girls are really unique. They're kind of hilarious. I don't know if you want to talk real briefly about how that thing came together. Yeah, I mean the
2: city girls. Shit, I heard one their records. I was in Miami down if uh, I think it was it was a revolt music conference puffs diddy's a music conference i was speaking on the panel down there and um i heard that one of my partners lives down there who actually manages the city girls now Stan and um was out and i heard the song and i asked him i said man who the hell are these girls and he was like man these girls right now they tearing the city up like all the strip clubs and stuff they selling them out and everything i said man can you get me a meet with them we need to meet with them So the following week, I was coming back down. We all was coming back down for BT Hip Hop Awards, and I set up a meeting to meet with them. It was it vice versa. I think it was BT Hip Hop Awards first, and then Revolt. Yeah, we was down for BT, then Revolt came back down for vote. So I set up a meeting with them. Man, as soon as I met them girls, I walked in that studio, and they started talking. I was like, "Oh shit, these girls some stars." The same thing, authenticity there, story, the look. Everything was there. You know what I mean? I called P. I'm like, man, we gotta sign these girls. Man, these girls is too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> P reaction was, man, what?
1: Because
2: <laughs> they only had one, they only had two records at the yeah, time. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, man, you just gotta meet them. So I came back. Then P had to go down to Miami for something, and I wasn't with him. And he met with them. And uh we signed them.
1: Yeah. Them, Lil Baby, on your last compilation, no one knew who they were. Now they're they're star artists. On Control the Streets Volume 2, do you want to talk about maybe a couple of new artists that you're excited about right now?
0: It's this artist that we signed with Offset, Deuce from Memphis. He got this record out in the streets right now, and he got this video that went viral. Really excited about him. Very times, it's like that real, like he just reminded you of that old Memphis. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? He on the project. Very excited about him. Peyton Green. Layton Green, our new R&B artist. We signed an R&B artist. She's a 20-year-old from wow. St. Louis. She got a record that's going. So we sampled the Sierra record, but it's going. She got a little Baby in the City Girls, but we about to pull a project out next month, and When I tell you I'm so excited about her EP, you know, it's new for us just signing that genre of music, um, R&B, but this girl, she's like really special. she got a story to tell. She got a real story. I'm very excited about her. We got a lot of the teen artists on there. Some baby artists, uh, Rollo Rodriguez. We got Collision. We got one-eyed artists from QC. Marlo. Marlo. Very excited about him and some of the other artists. We got 24 Heaven. Lingo Lingo Domingo Mert Some of Domingo's artists You know what I'm saying um,
2: Mango food. Mango Steflon yeah. Don Steflon Don
1: London yeah Yeah uh. Representing Yeah so a full slate yeah. You got a whole future slate up there
0: Yeah And we got a lot of star guest artists on there too Yeah So you know we got Travis Scott Meek We got Meek making Megan and I don't know There's a lot on there we missing out The baby we Yeah Got the baby It's crazy you know what I'm saying?
1: In the minute we had left, I just want to look ahead to the future of the Amigos, Culture 3. People think it might come out, like, early next year. I don't know. Where are they with that? We're cooking up
2: right now. You know, when you're cooking a, a master meal, you just got to wait on the meal. We're cooking up right now.
1: Are they actively recording? or is? Oh, it like for a, sure. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. It's cooking. Yeah, it's cooking right now. I think everybody's going to be excited for what they get. For sure. Every
0: time they come together it's just growth
1: alright Coach KMP thanks so much for being here that was excellent Control the Streets Volume 2 is out now there's a lot of other music we talked about that you may have already it's, heard there's a lot of projects a coming a lot of projects. this fourth lot, quarter yeah a lot of coming up so this has been today's Rolling Stone Music Now we'll be back next week here on Sirius XM's Volume Channel 106 in the meantime we are a podcast download us as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts maybe leave us a nice review on iTunes as always thanks for listening and we'll see you next week